It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. As an entrepreneur, you started your business to follow your passion and not to spend your evenings doing bookkeeping. That's why Vancouver's podcast uses Legacy Advantage. Let me tell you, they are a great CPA-level bookkeeping firm. Let Legacy take the bookkeeping task off your hands so you can have more time to pursue your dreams. You will get peace of mind knowing that the bookkeeping is done and the tax authorities are off your back. Visit LegacyAdvantage.ca and if you mention that you came from Vancouver's podcast, they will give you a $100 credit to apply towards your first month. You simply can't beat that. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to you today with Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Today, we are talking to Chris Hartvickson. Chris is the CEO and co-founder of Dooley and a leader in the tech industry with over 20 years of experience. Before founding Dooley, he held senior consulting and management positions in sales for companies like Mobify and led Vision Critical as their EVP of sales from its early startup days to revenues in excess of $100 million. Well, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks a lot, Robert. Thanks for having me. Great. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Yeah, so I'm pretty much a lifetime Vancouverite. I uh, went to school at UBC and, you know, spent a couple of years abroad. But for the most part, I've built my career in Vancouver as a, uh, a sales executive in the tech space. Okay. Now, what does Dooley do? Can you explain to me what Dooley does? Yeah, so I'll start really high level for you just to allow for everybody to kind of digest this in little pieces. But basically, we're a sales enablement platform. And what we try to do is to make every single meeting that a user has maximize its yield in terms of what you can deliver to the business and how the business can help you during your meetings. So uh, another way of saying that is we action customer conversations in real time. Okay, so obviously you work with such companies like Salesforce, for example. Can you tell us a little bit how that works? Yeah, so imagine jumping into a meeting right now in uh, the way that you do it today in sales. Uh, most people are taking notes in their meetings, and those notes are then either transcribed into Salesforce, or you take them in Evernote or somewhere else in the business, and then you have to update a bunch of fields in Salesforce. You have to put in your tasks and a whole bunch of different things there. And then you go and you reach out to the product management team because you're looking for a relevant case study that's going to help you with, uh, you know, your sales cycle with your customer, or you look for like a relevant anecdote that, you know, somebody has captured in the past that you can use to try to bring your sale forward. So all of those things require a lot of manual labor. And frankly, when you're a sales executive today, you're not paid to do administrative work, you're paid to sell. 
And every minute that you take away from selling is a minute that you're taking away from your personal paycheck when 50% of the average salesperson's paycheck is based on their performance. So it's pretty important that you have them doing high value tasks and it's very important to them as well. So what we do with our platform is we try to make it so that every single conversation that you have automatically delivers value back to the business. So all of those files and fields and things that you need to deliver to the business, it just happens automatically and duly. And while that's happening, we almost use our platform as a, a, a beacon for knowledge that the business has that can support you in your deal cycle. So whether that be you know, a simple thing like, hey, I mentioned this competitor and here's a, uh, a case study that refers back to that competitor that you can use in your sales cycle or like a customer story or a white paper or anything like that, we try to deliver all that information back to the user so that when they're on their call, they say, I don't know, or I'll let me get back to you way less than they have in the past. They just have those real-time enablement moments to keep themselves one step ahead of their already well-educated buyer. Okay. Now, did you need financing to start your company, and how do you currently make money in the business now? Yeah. So uh, did we need financing to start it? No, we didn't need financing to start it, but I was also pretty fortunate in that I'd had a bit of an exit from Vision Critical, um, and you know that helps to fund you in the early days. I'm not your typical entrepreneur in my 20s and you know not worried about how far I have to fall. I've got a young family. I have three children um, and all of the rest of the things that come along with that. So uh, I needed a bit of padding uh, to be able to support that. And I'm also pretty lucky that my wife uh, is uh, an entrepreneur as well and helps to pay some of the bills. So uh, I think that answers your question around, did we need financing? No, we didn't, but we kind of did, right? You need to have something to pad you while you're going through the early days of, of building the product. Okay. Now, how does the company make money now? How does Dooley generate yeah. revenue? Yeah. So we're a SaaS platform and every user that comes onto the product uh, is required to pay us for access to Dooley. So we have a monthly subscription fee. Okay. And uh, that, that keeps the lights on for us. Good. What is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada? Yeah. So you're asking me a geography question and a vision question. So geography question, yeah, I will probably end up expanding beyond Vancouver just to be able to, to support our clients in different regions around the world and different languages around the world. I think that just makes sense and also to have good access to talent. But I also see it as a, a bigger thing. Vancouver's a really big draw for uh, for people just because it's a beautiful city to live in, which is why I've, you know, regardless of where I've lived in the world, and I've lived in Sydney, Australia, and London, England, and Montreal, uh, I've always come back to Vancouver just because I love the natural beauty and the, you know, the lifestyle that you can build around that and skiing and all the rest of the great things we have to offer here. Um, so, yeah, we will expand beyond that. Now, the long-term vision of the company... I'll talk about the long-term vision of enterprise software because it kind of aligns with where we're going as well. So if you can imagine uh, the way that enterprise software works today is we've really created these gigantic digital filing cabinets. And what the user has to do on a daily basis is they have to interact with the files inside of these digital filing cabinets. So whether you're updating a field in the CRM or you're looking for marketing collateral to share with your customer, you're always going in and out of these filing cabinets. And we really ask the user to do a lot of work. And the reality is that users have exposure to really user-centric apps from you know, their phone and, and other products that they're using in their daily life. So we want to bring that user experience into the enterprise 
so that instead of the user going to the filing cabinet, filing cabinet comes to the user and it finds all the things that it needs. Uh, we are now at a point in time where we don't require somebody to find the structure in the information that they're capturing from their customers and deliver it to the business and use that to find the information that they need back. The, the, the technology is at a point now where the structure can be found automatically and that can be shared with the business. So uh, we are really trying to build a headless CRM platform for the future, but it'll also span into other areas like legal and HR and finance and elsewhere in, in the corporate uh, structure as well. Okay. Well, we've learned a little bit about you and we've learned a little bit about Dooley. So you've said that you've lived in other cities in the world. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Vancouver now and what that looks mm -hmm. like for you. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give, give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they yeah. can keep an eye out for that. Yeah, sure. So I would say the, I mean, the best things about living in Vancouver is you are not going to find too many cities more beautiful than uh, where we live. You know, it's it's a small but big city, um, and I guess that has its advantages. I mean, I've lived in London, where I can rest assured that there's no way you're walking across London in an afternoon to get from one side to the other. You can walk across Vancouver pretty easily, at least the downtown core. You definitely can't do that in the UK. Um, and so I think there's some charm to, you know, being in a small but big city. And, you know, it's very, very much built around the downtown core, uh, the residential to, uh, to corporate uh, ratio in the downtown core is probably uh, amongst the highest in the world. Um, so obviously, I like the fact that my commute isn't too gnarly. Um, and when I do commute, I commute home to a beautiful mountain that has a beautiful view of a uh, the city and the water. So uh, those are really nice perks and it's a great place to raise a family as a result. You know, you've got that, that ability to have a, a work life balance that I would say is probably second to none around the world. Um, you know, the ongoing joke of Vancouver is it's the only place in the world that you can golf, sail and ski in the same day. And I think that that rings true with me and things that I love to do. Uh, the downside of being in a small city and particularly uh, in Vancouver is there haven't been a lot of big enterprise exits uh, in the Vancouver landscape in recent times. So when you're looking for talent pool, it's actually kind of hard to find, you know, good executive leadership and good enterprise salespeople that have been there, done that before. So, you know, we have to rely on our network to try to get maximum yield in terms of recruitment of talent today. I would say that's my biggest concern about being event. Okay, now we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business? And does it change with the totally. seasoning considering all the rain we get here? Yeah, well, uh, sure. I mean, again, I'm a dad, so my my best recharge time is done when I'm hanging out with my kids when I want to get away from sort of that uh, the mental drain of work, um, I switch on my, uh, my dad hat and we go and do activities together. Uh, when I'm really uh, trying to get my best uh, out of myself in terms of good thinking, I throw my headphones on and do the gross grind. Um, unfortunately, I've been injured for the last year and a bit, so I haven't been doing it as much as I'd like to, but it doesn't really matter if it's raining. It certainly matters a little bit if it's snowing. And again, I'm a dad, so I don't want to uh, go on the slick, icy parts of the grind in the winter. But uh, when it's raining, you're surrounded by a canopy of trees, so it actually is a pretty nice natural umbrella. And uh, when uh, when it's wintertime in Vancouver, 
I'm either on the slopes with my kids, uh, making some turns. And again, it's a great way to enjoy you know, what we have to offer in BC, but also to really uh, put your mind at ease. Skiing isn't a high mental drain sport, uh, or I'll just take the dog for a hike in the, uh, the trails. Okay, well, we have a lot of listeners that, uh, from all mm-hmm. over the world. So this next question, I want, sure. you to, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, Knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, in order to start off anywhere, you have to have a network, right? And I think that's no different in Vancouver than anywhere else. So certainly I'd be hitting the meetup scene in a fairly aggressive way and trying to meet as many people as I could. I'd get involved in what Vancouver has to offer from a recreational perspective look you can you can play ultimate here you can play hockey here you can play uh, play soccer whatever you want if you're uh, sort of an avid sports person there's tons of different opportunities to meet people um, so first and foremost you got to build your network second off I might even take a small consulting gig or a, a gig with some of the local tech companies just to get a feel for what the flavor is in Vancouver and uh, make sure you understand the, the nuances of operating in Vancouver because there are some nuances to operating here. You know, the, the differences in work-life balance uh, and, and whatnot are very apparent once you get inside the workforce. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be expanding my network as fast and aggressively as possible. I'm not a developer, so for me, if I was to start a tech company here, I would need to get to know the engineering community in a hurry. Okay, let's talk a bit about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Yeah, for me, I mean, again, I'm a dad, so a lot of this stuff revolves around kids. Your kids are the things that never give you a break, right? So uh, I spend a bit of time with my kids in the morning, getting them ready for either for school during the school year or uh, getting them ready to get out the door for uh, summer activities. But beyond that, I think you're more focused on sort of what's my work routine. I usually start my day off by getting a sense of how uh, how much usage and, and whatnot has happened with our product over the last little while, looking for any support type issues that are glaring. I'm usually up pretty early, so I want to make sure that we're pretty responsive to our customers and looking for any customer feedback that I might want to push to the team. So that's my first and foremost thing that I'll do in the morning. It's pretty easy to kind of get yourself grooved into uh, work and get yourself inspired by what you're hearing from your customers. Uh, So, yeah, I'll spend a bit of time looking at our support wire. Uh, And then after that, I really just jump into it. I'm pretty ready to go, and I have calls pretty early in the day until pretty late in the afternoon. Okay. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I don't know if it's positive or negative being an entrepreneur. I think that there's <laughs> there's a benefit to both. I think you definitely need to be wired differently. Um, you need to be more of a risk taker than the average person would be for sure uh, because there's a lot of downsides to being an entrepreneur. Not everybody hits a home run the first time they start a business or anytime they start a business. So you have to be willing to to swallow that and assume that you know you you might not succeed but do everything in your power to succeed so yeah there's definitely a a bit of a different wiring that goes on uh is it positive or negative i think it just depends on the individual what you can bear for your own sort of uh financial risk upside and downside and and what you're willing to bear in terms of stress so a lot less stress when somebody else is writing your paycheck than when you're writing your own Okay, what books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks, and can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? 
Oh, I, yeah, I read a lot of different things um, and, and listen to a lot of different podcasts, but uh, I like to read about other entrepreneurs' success stories. Um, you know, so right now the book that's on my nightstand is actually Elon Musk's uh, biography. So, again, kind of figuring out how he got to where he's at and what made him tick. Uh, and again, if you want to talk about entrepreneurs and whether they're quirky or not, there's no bigger example than quirky uh, Elon Musk or even Steve Jobs back in the day. He was a pretty quirky dude. He had some pretty interesting rituals. So I tend to read a lot of books around sales uh, that will help me and my team get better at understanding the space and the landscape. So, you know, if you haven't read things like The Challenger Sale or Millerheimer's Strategic Selling, both really good books to try to understand the sales space. And then I'm I'm a big fan of people like Malcolm Gladwell. I love his writing style. I find it really interesting. I really like the Freakonomics guys. Uh, so, yeah, I, I look for just little interesting things. I find that most books that are written today, you can summarize them a lot faster. So I do a lot of Blinkist reading as well. What online or offline tools do you use on a daily basis? Uh, well, I use Dooley. I use it every day. Um, beyond that, you know, we we use Salesforce a fair bit. I use Calendly for scheduling appointments. We use Zoom pretty much every day for meetings. Um, those are some of the main ones that we use right now. There's probably a few others, a DocuSign equivalent to like a HelloSign or something like that is another important one in our stack. Pen and paper? Pen and paper is gone, my friend. Okay. We have long since killed pen and paper in our organization. You know, it's, it's important in our business to uh, drink our own Kool-Aid. And certainly we are a an online digital notes application. So we need to uh, really we use our own technology as much as possible. And frankly, it, everybody that comes out of school today can type way faster than they can write. So it just makes a lot of sense to use your keyboard instead of pen and paper. It gives you a better uh, collective memory too. Okay. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? Ah, it's funny. I mean, if I could do my dream job, I'd be a major league baseball player. No question about it, but I'm too old now and too injured. So uh, I think if I was going to go and retool myself in the tech space or in any space, I really have always loved tech. I've always been around tech. Uh, I'd probably be a software engineer. I find it fascinating. I really, really like that side of the business. I think it's really interesting the way you can solve problems and build solutions to those problems using just you know your imagination and code. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. Uh, anything to do with finance. I cannot stand the clerical side of accounting. Um, I, I just, I'm not wired that way. I don't find it interesting enough just looking at numbers all day. Couldn't stare at an Excel doc all day. Uh, I actually like building Excel docs, but I, I like building them more than I like to uh, manage and maintain them and review them. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence? that you like to use? In business, uh, it's a tough one. Like anyone in the office, if, someone, if someone in the office said, he, he says this a lot, is there anything like that? Uh, give, me, give me a second on that one, Robert. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll we'll come back to ask me that question at the end. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Like. I hate the word like. I hate it when people like tell you things and they have to use the word like to like tell you exactly what's going on. <laughs> I find it, 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 
you're not really trying to say like, you're not making a comparison. It's just a filler word. And, uh, you know, it just makes you sound a lot less polished than you should be. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Uh, lighthearted is definitely one thing of, that I really pride myself in being. I don't like to take life too seriously because you only get 100 years at best on this planet. You should try to enjoy it to the maximum. Uh, I think it's really important to, to make sure you really don't take yourself or others too seriously along the way. It's important to be serious at certain points in time, but uh, overall, I think you need to have a really lighthearted attitude. Um, I would say another word that people would use to describe me is curious. I, I really, really love to dig into things and figure them out. Uh, you know, I've always been that way. I've always loved solving puzzles in both the sort of the physical sense of like a real jigsaw puzzle versus, you know, the, the puzzles and, and problems that happen in the workplace. And I guess the last thing that I would say about myself is probably fairly, uh, fairly empathetic. Um, really try to understand, you know, what makes people tick and, and why and try to understand their point of view before I go and make massive assumptions about the world. Okay. What keeps you up at night, if anything? Oh, gosh. As an entrepreneur, you're always worried about revenue. You should always be worried about revenue. You should always be trying to figure out how uh, you need to drive the needle forward. You should always be worried about how fast things are going. Pace is a really important thing in tech. Uh, if you don't build it, somebody else will. Are you building the right things? Those are all things that you need to be thinking about all the time. But you also have to have a lot of trust in your team that you're going in the right direction. And I think, you know, hiring the right people from the beginning allows for a lot of those worries to abate. Okay. I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be uh, if you want to do a TEDx talk, you want to write books, you want to travel some more, philanthropy, anything like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing that anybody should aspire to do is to leave the planet in a better space than they, uh, than they found it. So, uh, we have this great saying on a travel map of ours at home. We love to travel, my wife and I. So, you know, any opportunity we get to travel, we will, uh, which is, uh, take only memories, leave only footsteps. Okay. And I think that that's a, that's a really important one for us. You know, we want to make sure we get uh, a lot of exposure for both us and our kids to the rest of the world and how people operate in different parts of the world. Uh, and sorry, Robert, I'm almost forgetting the question. I got kind of caught up. Yeah, I, I was just saying on your inspired life list, like some things you like travel yeah. being one of them, um, TEDx talk. I mean, it could be various things. Oh, yeah. I mean, from a personal perspective, I, I would love to spend a year on a sailboat. I think uh, there's nothing more awe-inspiring than letting the power of the wind move you around the world and, you know, getting into little coves and places in the world that are otherwise hard to get to. It's a bit of a spoiled uh, lifestyle, too. Um, and they always say uh, boats are bring on another thousand, but I'd still love to have the opportunity to do that at some point. Um, inspired work, uh, life list goals. Yeah, I'd love to be a keynote speaker at uh, Dreamforce at some point in time, uh, having you know built a great partnership and a great solution that, uh, that Salesforce relies on on a daily basis, I think would be a big one for me. Okay. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout BC? Uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing from a, 
from a tech perspective and from an entrepreneurial uh, perspective is always be thinking about what's next. Uh, one of the interesting things that I learned very early on in sales is you always need to be thinking about who, who else and what else. Uh, so like who does, who else do you need to be talking to to move something along and what else are you not thinking about, which is, I think really helped me in my career is the ability to, I don't want to call it being paranoid, but to always be thinking about what you might have missed in, in a deal cycle, in your business, uh, how can you break it so that you can make it better? Um, one of the best things I've ever learned from any of the CEOs that I've worked with in the past. Okay, Chris, you ready to have some fun? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Okay. Well, as you know, entrepreneurs are very, very busy people, always connected, always online, and always uh, yeah. uh, talking to many, many people. But we're going to take you away from yeah. all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. It can be a sailboat too as well how long would yeah. you last before you made that call and what would you do while you were there so who am i calling is my big question there well that we, we just we're, we're putting you on this island there's a phone booth there um yeah and it's just so and you, I, you can call am the i blissfully retired uh no we're just like as if it was tomorrow we're taking you there oh tomorrow. right yeah if it's tomorrow i wouldn't last very long i would probably be making the call pretty darn quick uh just to just to check in but i also again it comes back to trust how much do you trust your team i'm pretty sure my team could could do my job in my absence for a period of time i would like to be in, involved in the business because i'm curious and excited about where we're going so i don't think i'd last too too long but i'd probably give it a good college try at say uh say a week of just doing some intro introspection and uh Assuming that I'm not stranded on this island completely alone, if I'm there with my family, probably do a little bit of diving uh, and enjoy the the scenery and the people that I'm around. And then so about a week later, you give us a call. We'll come get you. Yeah, probably a week, maybe. I mean, it depends. It depends on how fresh the pineapples are and how many coconuts are dropping out of the trees. So it might take a little bit longer. You might just fall in love with that lifestyle. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, Chris, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Yeah, I mean, obviously, our, our your listenership can get a hold of us at www.dooly.ai. And you'll see a little intercom button on the bottom right-hand corner that will allow you to message with us directly. So you're welcome to get a hold of us there, or if you want to reach me directly, it's kris at dooley.ai. Uh, in terms of things that I would love to leave your listenership with, I would say if you're going to start something up, go into it fully committed. Don't go in half-heartedly. You really need to put your best effort behind anything that you're going to do. I know a lot of people think that they can build an entrepreneurship or, or a business on the side of their desk while they're doing their, their day job. And to a certain extent, you can at least start to flesh out the ideas of what your business is going to be. But when you found the thing that you want to pursue, pursue it. Pursue it with a lot of passion and a lot of gusto, because otherwise you just will never see it take off to the level you want. Okay, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Appreciate the time, Robert. Great. Okay, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Cheers. 